Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So, Jamie Rathburn, a South Carolina mother, Mm. was arrested last month for going into her son's elementary school (laughs) and confronting his homophobic bullies. This has been happening... In a few instances across the country. Uh-huh. Yeah. She claims the bullies called her son, quote, gay and stupid. And then the school. I'm surprised they didn't call him a fag. Well, they did. I'm um, sure they did. Oh, they did. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it just wasn't included in the report. Well, she yeah. said that the school dismissed her claims. Yeah. She was told that he was ugly, that he was stupid, that nobody cared, that he was called gay, blah, 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 Not blah. Not by blah. the teachers, but by the students. Right. Poor and then kid. she was told yeah, that, that his the behavior was just, quote, boys playing rough. So she went to school. Well, she also said the kids, um, her son became violent at the bullies, threw him off a ladder by his neck and hit him with a computer. Oh, my God. Which I don't even know how they got a computer to hit him with. But um, yeah, with, I, yeah. With it all being said, she Kids entered. Kids are the, given like iPads. And yeah, stuff it's definitely like, not a desktop. That's what yeah. I'm imagining. But she anyway, she got into the school without permission and confronted a group of the of the kids. Now, I had assumed in reading the the article, I was like, oh, this must be like middle school. This was third, third grade, graders, <laughs> which I love. She also confronted the teacher. That's right. And she posted about it on Facebook saying she was going to school. And then that prompted somebody to alert the police. Yeah. So what do you th- do you think this is a cool move on behalf of a warrior mom? Or do you think it's like nuts? What do, what do you think? Well, I, I, I don't want to be callous to someone who has a kid that is kind of in a shitty situation. Who's being bullied. Who's being bullied. Yeah. But there are. But. Yes, he's absolutely being bullied, but you cannot start having every parent yeah. of a kid who's bullied in third grade approaching the bullies, in particular under that circumstance. That, but that's so I don't want to be callous to how shitty that is, and the school isn't listening or paying attention. Well, what, but I do think it's inappropriate to be personally con- confronting. I think I third mean, graders. I, yeah. I, my thing is when I like. <clears throat> My first reaction was like, "How did she get in the school? Like, how? Like, well, she's a mom. She's a parent. She's a mom. So, yeah, your mom just can't walk into it. Like, my parent, mother never would be able to walk into the school and just go to my classroom without going to the front office first. Like, there's yeah. so much. There's there is security. Maybe she went and said, "I'm taking Matt for a doctor's appointment." Because of because of Columbine, because of Sandy Hook. Like schools now, even elementary schools have some measure of a police presence, and you know how is this mother getting into the school? And Wait, is confronting, that true? Yes, I mean they're oh, uh, yeah. across the country. Every elementary school has a cop. I don't it? say every elementary oh, okay. school, but elementary schools They've especially really beefed up, especially oh. in you know major cities. Like yeah, yeah they yeah. do, and and they've got the so, procedures for lockdowns and all that stuff. Exactly. I mean, it's become a reality of education now, which is really sad. But yeah. that said, like it's I, I, I empathize with her because like if if your kid's getting bullied. And the and, school and the school then do is anything. not doing anything about it and saying boys will be boys. What other what other answer what do you, you have? Do? Yeah. You know, I'm, like, I'm all about and it. If, and if it's a mom that has parents, some balls, in theory, like yes, I mean, I guess the the Namaste Oprah thing to say would be, oh, talk to your kid about how to combat bullying or how to yeah. not let it affect you and have that conversation with a child. Sure, sure, sure. But this mom probably. Had to just get the shit done. I am so into it. I love it. So, it's... so you, but, 
so, but what are you into? I, cause I'm, I'm into I'm the curious. fact that she took it into her own hands. I think it's, I, I will say, I think it's, it's weird that she was confront, confronting third graders. That yeah. That's the part that's a little odd, but nevertheless, like this is her son. Yeah. He's getting tormented at school. We know now that bullying is, you know, a, a real problem. It can be really yeah, detrimental. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? If it means scaring the shit out of some little kids because they're— We also don't know what she said to them. When right, When we hear confronting, right. we don't know what that means. It could be like, yeah. hey, guys, quit pushing my son around, you fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, and sometimes— Which is different than, like, somewhere in my head I was envisioning her doing that thing where she grabs him by the collar and pushes him against oh, the no. wall. <laughs> I, I, was, I was imagining the first thing you said, that she yeah. just, like, was, like, gave them, you know, a piece of her mind. But, like, scaring them, I think, is, like— Again, maybe it's not the politically correct thing to do, but I pre- like with, like you said, Alan, I, I empathize with what she's feeling. And I think it's a I think it's a cool move to be like, you know what, if the school's not going to do anything about it and they're just going to tell me boys will be will be boys, then I'm going to change that. Yeah. I mean, what she really should have done is and she did it. She confronted the teacher. She probably should have just confronted the teacher. I mean, the teachers, sure. the, the teacher really is the one who is in, I mean, this is grade school too, so these yeah. kids only really see one teacher all day, and that teacher's the one who's seeing this bullying, and if that teacher's not doing it, sure, the principal might not do anything about it, but he's not with the kid so all this, day. So this was the other thought I had, um, which was, uh, growing up, the only kids that I, I wasn't a bully, but the only kids who no one ever picked on were the karate kids, like the kids that did karate. <laughs> and... Swear to God, like I, I, I'm, I'm not saying obviously everyone who gets bullied has to do karate, but I wonder if in a situation like this, it, regardless of whether your kid wants to do karate or not, you just say, well, let's, let's, let's get you into a sport. Let's get you. Into, I'm not trying to make it toxic masculinity here, but let's get you some way that you can defend yourself. Yeah. I mean, there's also that's, you know, your dad teaching you how to fight. I remember my fight, dad right. quote taught me how to fight. <laughs> Two pussies teaching each other how to how to fight. But like, but I don't. I, I also don't think there's anything wrong with that avenue, which is like, you know, um, teaching your third grade kid how to fight back. Well, it's also. I mean, I think it. I mean, do you disagree? I just love the justice that I love that she took justice into her you own hands. But wouldn't angry the justice woman. be better if this kid? Granted, this isn't going to happen overnight. But if this kid, and I'm I'm not saying he want would want to do this, but I think the justice would be better. It's a better movie if this kid comes to school the next year and fucking kicks these kids' ass. No, I mean, for bullying him around. I don't know, I, and I don't I don't want anyone kicking anyone's ass. I, no, okay. I, I really don't. Like I don't think we should. Go well, necessarily I, standing up for yourself. Standing up for yourself, sure, yeah. yes. Um, but what is it? But no one's going to teach him to stand him up from stand up for himself by just being like, well, you know, go suck an egg or whatever. Like, it feels like in that scenario, you have to teach. You'd have to teach him to like have to feel. Yeah, I guess like you could beat be them like, up or something. I mean, really, the best way to stand up for yourself is just to not let it bother you or right. impact but, you. And. That's easier said than done. And so is teaching a kid to fight. And I mean, a kid who's probably shy and a little bit meek, who probably is (laughs) faggy. (laughs) Well, yes, who's probably not going to fight back in the way that these kids are bullying him. And so I think it's just as much of a tall order to ask a kid to fight than it is to have self-confidence. That's why his mom is cool. And but but also I, I I think a part of this conversation a really big part of this conversation is that this took place in South Carolina 
And South Carolina is a state sure. that, you know, just until three years ago, it, it kept up, you know, remnants of Civil War icon, like, you know, iconography. Of, yes, everywhere. And this is a state that, like, I guess boys will be boys in this state. And if, it's, and if you're if you're if you're a weird little kid who's getting bullied because you're somewhat effeminate or gay or queer or whatever, and the kids are calling you these names in that state, it's really hard to find allies people to stand with you if you were the parent of this kid would you have done what she did no i i don't think i i don't think that's just i don't think it's i think i I would would be tempted to i probably wouldn't do it sure but i'd be tempted to do it i would be tempted to do it and i would certainly go to the teacher and i would put pressure on the teacher um i would definitely finding someone some ally somewhere in that school perhaps yeah i would go out of my way to be a nuisance, right? But I yeah, don't sure. think I would. I might. I mean, one of the best things I think my mom ever did with me, and I never really got bullied, but I was definitely an effeminate queer kid. And like, one of the best things my mom let me be is to find my own voice and confidence, and by just by supporting me and by supporting my own weirdness and queerness. And like, in doing that, I think. I gave off this confidence, you know, and I and that's so yeah, I, that's that's unusual though. That is unusual, but I don't think that like <clears throat> for especially for a high school, a grade schooler. Yeah, of course, but I don't think that that's necessarily unheard of. I think like if you know, you allow the allies and you find people in your community to support this kid in his own little way, then whatever the bullies say, maybe he can look the other way. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, but, maybe. How, do, how do you? Assess, yeah. I mean, you're, in third grade, you're so young. So it's just a small little have, child. It's almost like I don't know how you, one would go about being self confident. Exactly. Yet, you know? That's why. I'm, yeah. That's it's why. like no. I mean, no. That's the the idea to me is like. I mean, I'm being a little facetious, but like. Yeah, I mean, but it's you're seven or eight years old. Like, yeah, nine. I, I, think I, I third don't know. Grade's like nine, right? And, Eight or nine. And the kids have, I mean, the kids who are taunting him likely have no concept of what they're even taunting this kid about. And the kid who's being bullied likely has no concept of what he's being bullied about. Right, but that's yeah. still su- it's still a nightmare. Yeah. It still sucks, but at the same time, it's like, you know, the, it's really the teachers, the teachers and the parents of these bullies. It's, it's there needs to be more involvement with this teacher. I just know that if I were a kid who was bullying other kids and somebody's parent threatened me and I was seven, eight, nine years old, I would be petrified. But, but also, I mean, to, just to play devil's advocate here for a second, because obviously, you know, th- this woman is on the side of righteousness. But what would it be like? Let's presume these kids aren't absolutely wretched souls, these bullies. But would it be like to come home and find out from your child that a mother had yelled at him, mm. a mother of a parent uh, of a kid? And of course, you're not going to get the full story from a ninth from a nine year old. So a parent is finding out somewhere in this town that same day that uh, Jack's mom screamed at me today and she called me a piece of shit or whatever she said. Right. To me, the idea is that. Then that parent is like, "That's horrible. What 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 could this possibly be about? How dare how I mean, dare she?" And then they have to confront, and then the mother explains, "Your your child is bullying my child, and nobody will do anything about it. So fuck you and fuck your kid." That's a brilliant conversation in a vacuum. Yeah, <laughs> and that, I know. I don't and think that, would ever happen. And that would never happen. Nor would it happen ever in get, my brain. It would never get anywhere. Yeah, it mm. would never. Because if you if you here's this mom leading with aggression. Going and yelling, which is going to piss off the parents, which isn't going to get any and, help for this kid. The parents are just going to get defensive. Even if their yeah. kid is wrong, everyone knows. That's the instinct. Who cares if the kid's the bully? A parent yeah. defends the kid. Yeah. The, the sure. parent's not going to be like, 
well, this kid's being bullied because he's whatever. Like, yeah. they're going to defend their own fucking kid. Yeah. I'm telling you, take karate. <laughs> I was a purple belt. Oh, God. Were you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not even joking. All right, everyone. We are joined today by Charles Rogers and Casey Jane Ellison, host of The Problem Podcast, where they solve their guests' problems. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank guys. you. For- yeah. You guys, what made you decide that you want to do a podcast about solving problems? Yeah. <laughs> um, the followers, mm. the fame. <laughs> you know, those are famous the people. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has a problem and you That's have true. a fame issue. All fans yeah. have problems. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um well we actually do you, are like, you actually good at solving your friends' problems? Or do you Yeah, I think I think we are. I, I think, think we're, we're good at talking about problems. Yeah, and we're good we're good at listening. We're good listeners. And yeah. it, you know, like we're not we never claim to solve problems. Okay? Right. Yeah. right. We just we but listening just, is half of it. We give That's you space. True. Exactly. <laughs> we give you space and airtime. Yeah. Yeah, it ends up always being like the pro like the the solution isn't like, well then dump him. It's like, well, it's now we've unpacked every aspect of like what that existential crisis is actually right. about yeah like, that's the yeah. deeper thing oh it yeah. always ends up being about death yeah <laughs> sure. in a lot of ways yeah and change wow. i also and will control. say i do love a podcast and a friendship of a gay man and a gay woman me too Thank okay you. there's we very few there's very few what else what is yeah. there uh I can't think of any of yeah. them. Truly, well, I'm sure Tegan and Sarah have a gay friend. They do. I've no, met. they don't. Yeah. I've so met. there, there you go. <laughs> Not there a gay. They hate gay you. I had a one night yeah. feud I'm with more that of a person. Fan actually, Tattoo. Actually, I'm more <laughs> of a tattoo guy myself. Who? Remember tattoo? That was like the Russian. Oh, tattoo. Tattoo. Were they lesbians? Were they sis? Like no, they were sister lesbians. They were like pretending to be lesbians. I think because Americans were wanting that at the oh, time, but they were right. virulently anti-gay. Really? Right. Yeah, well, there was they like were making out with thousands of um, Catholic schoolgirls right. Right. on the VMAs. Come really? On. Really? Yeah. Oh, Tattoo? That. <laughs> Tattoo. Yeah. That was so exciting. Who knew? It was, a, just, it was actually, it felt it was like major, revolutionary yeah. to, mm-hmm. as a child. Was this age before group? Christina and Britney kissing or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I think or, just before. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Wow. What was that? T- sorry, what was the tattoo song? They're not gonna get us. They're not gonna get us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that sounds like a musical. No, I, I do honestly, <laughs> I, I honestly wish I saw more friendships between gay men and gay women. I feel like I don't see it enough. I don't it's see a natural it. born enemy, Wait, though. You're kidding. I know. Yeah, it's like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I know. There, is, there is this kind of divide. I, I, there, I, I There's think also so. like a leftover like weirdness from older generations where mm-hmm. like like yeah. my mom is a flight attendant and she's got like gay friends and yeah. and often they're like, fuck lesbians. And it's like, what are you talking I about? Like, I, I don't yeah. understand. Wait, that's interesting. Can we talk about your mom presumably being a flight attendant in her 60s then? Um, 71. Wow. She's 71. Years old. She's, she's, so she's been doing it for, By the way, can we talk <clears throat> about this for a second? I think that would be the best job in the world. Oh. Being a flight attendant? Yes. I do not. There's and perks. I, it's, I've, I've started following some of them on YouTube, and I swear to God. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you know, flight attendant vlogs is a big thing. Oh, my God. Hundreds oh. of flight attendants wow. vlog regularly. Wow. And they're even sweet, like, right? like a they're weird, very sweet yeah. people. Some of them are, I mean, yeah. I, no? someone they, described them once as battle axes. My favorite thing with a flight attendant is for like a flight attendant to like have that gay exchange without any words. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when the gay flight attendant's like, 
I know you. And you get those little extra things yeah. sometimes. I can't tell. Usually it's like, I got four beers you. once. There's That's like a four. weird. There is like, a fuck you sometimes there's, too. It's like, like a, yes. I'm going to fuck you or, or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like fly, gay mm-hmm. flight attendant. I mostly get the kill part. So, But what was your mom's, <laughs> did she like it? Did she enjoy it? She loves it? it. I mean, yeah. she was like also a go-go a dancer. She's still for American. Okay. Wow. She, they like rented her out as a go-go dancer. She lived at the Playboy what? Mansion in Chicago. Oh, the Playboy. Um, club, apart- club, club, yeah, club yeah. apartment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Wait, this is for real? Yeah, yeah. She's oh like, God. she's like gorgeous and and like lovely and and, and fun. like the like the airlines will give you like a lot of great clothing. <laughs> Like the, honestly, what? like like you can you what are can you wear. About? No, I'm not I've kidding. Seen like Southwest you, clothes. No, you you like depending on the airline you work for, you, you maybe only have to work like 50 hours, and they'll give you like a new vest or some shit or like a scarf, <laughs> and they always look great. Does your yeah. fantasy about about flight attendants exist like forever? Or are we talking about like the Pan Am sixties? No, no, no. I went on a date with a flight attendant recently, and he described his job, and it honestly sounds like a. Incredible. It sounds to me. It sounds like a nightmare job. I mean, I feel. I always feel. I'm like a big customer service person. Like, you know, I know someone's a great person if they say thank you a lot or if they tip well. Like, I. Mm -hmm. It's a value judgment for me. And on planes, you can really tell who the terrorists would kill first yeah. and who hopefully they would yeah. save for last. Just so yeah. you know, they'd you know? kill you first. Yeah, but, probably. Yeah. Uh, but no, there are some people who are just monsters to flight attendants. Totally. Yeah, flight. No, yeah. Total I agree. fucking monsters. Well, people are so mean to fight. My mom has a really, what a, she has so many stories. She has so wow. many good celebrity stories, so yeah. many good like people being crazy to her stories. But recently she was going through every row uh, and being like chicken or fish, chicken or fish. And then. Always chicken. <laughs> and then she got to like this crazy person she's like uh and the guy was like fish and she was like oh, i'm sorry i ran out of fish a row ago and he didn't like fully understand what she said and he goes well i want my row ago and she was like <laughs> <laughs> she's like I- we ran out of fish a row ago that and he was like oh chicken <laughs> so great everyone's a monster in the air they were just he so had that ready. i want my row ago he was ready yeah whatever it was it was he a took problem something away yeah. from me i love hotels <laughs> I love Me hotels. Too. They always stay at hotels. I love hotels. Yeah, <laughs> true. But they stay in hotels by better. the airport. What if we not, lost mm. Not true. Because, sorry, and we will get on to the point. You're in love with this guy. I swear to God. <laughs> I actually hated the guy. But, uh, but he said that maybe it's the unions, the flight attendant unions, but they, depending on where they are, if it's a popular destination like New York City, they have sometimes hotels in the middle of like downtown because they know that's where they they want to stay that's where the flight attendants want to stay what if Brent becomes stay. like a, mm-hmm. it leaves us it leaves the podcast <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. maybe retires from stand up or becomes a stand up comedian who's like constantly jet lagged he's <laughs> <laughs> like secretly working as a jet flight attendant um, wait so where going back yeah. to the podcast yeah, let's, yeah. Yeah. where let's get back to your podcast did you guys think you got this sort of uh Where'd you get the problem-solving gene from? Like, how did it come about? Ooh. And if it's arrogance, just say arrogance. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. say arrogance. I think that's a huge too. part of it. It's narcissistic it is, yeah. to try to solve people's problems. It's also problems. self-loathing, mm-hmm. like this constant spiral into like, well, if I just got this done, then I'd be like perfect or something. Yeah. A little bit of that. It's I think we that. share that. Totally. Like, Wait, how did you guys become friends? Kate Berlant's birthday picnic. Birthday party. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very Four scary. years ago. <laughs> Four Crazy. years ago today. <laughs> Wait, let's, let's, let's run through some problems. Yeah, let's yeah. do yeah. this. Ellie, why don't you start with one? Okay. Um, I. You have chronic odor issues. 
Brent, oh my God, Brent put that in the. I didn't write that. Brent put that in the in the in the doc. Well, Is that true? I don't think that's a problem. Can we just like can we just tackle yeah, that for any listeners? I don't have You know, that's like subjective. Okay, and like a lot of people like it's hot. Mm-hmm. And um, for some, not a lot, but for some, I just don't hear a problem there. Yeah, well, sometimes it's you're right. There's that. Yeah. My old roommate used to date this hippie guy who had like the strongest fear. It was like a I don't like dead men deer, with it, and I wanted to. F- <laughs> it was just like I was just horny. Like he would walk in the room, I was just horny immediately. Really? Yeah. From yeah. The stink. This his stink was like really? so powerful. Oh my god! It was like god. in a way that like has never. Yeah. I don't think it's happened since. Yeah, like, I've yeah. heard that, that. I've heard mm-hmm. that weird people have a stronger sense of smell, mm. and oh. I certainly have experienced. I am yeah, men repulsed by yeah, or smell. Why? Why do queer people have a stronger? That's amazing. Know. Like, wait, what, what else do we I have? Don't, I don't necessarily uh, something with fingers, right? Wasn't there a myth <gasps> about gay people with fingers? What? Oh, the shorter oh, right. fingers. are urban legends, Elliot. Right? Maybe. <laughs> no, this I believe. Why would this be real? Yeah, say it again because I forget. The finger. Oh, that's to see if a girl is bi or gay. Or I think it's just a high school myth. If you ha- if these two are like the same length, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Then Guys, you... that's not real. Oh my Whoa, god, you're gay. You. <laughs> oh my god, Wait, are you gay? Real. This is... <laughs> I am gay. I'm not gay. Okay, so um, my first problem is that I don't clothing doesn't fit right on me. <laughs> I, I always feel like I have to. Mm-hmm. It's like broad shoulders. I just don't. I, I don't. I can't find clothing that feels comfortable. Elliot on also me. tugs right. at his clothing. I do a lot tug. It's an, it's an anxiety he, thing. Mm, from, anxiety thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I have problems finding clothing that fits me, mm. and so I end up shopping at a very select few stores. Dress barn. Mm. <laughs> and I, I have to buy. <laughs> I have to buy like I just. I just don't. It shopping sucks. Yeah. How do I make it fun? Where huh. do I find things that fit me and I feel? comfortable in them let me ask you this when you go to look for clothes you really just don't know what you want and you're trying things on no, like... i look at things and i go that will that will make my neck rash that will be too right. tight mm-hmm. in the chest that'll be too long because you know like everything just fits awkwardly on me i think like embrace those limitations like i i shop like that like i take 20 seconds to like look through a store mm-hmm. to just find the things that i know yeah. are gonna fit talk about broad shoulders like yeah yeah you have broad shoulders. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, right. just been talking about them. I do. You do. I I just think everything's broad. Like my fr- that's friend, like right. a dysmorphia thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. so like if you just embrace the fact that you know what you want, yeah. and then fuck all the rest of it, but then I, you but can I, be just efficient. But I don't know what I want because mm-hmm. I go to yeah. like these stores now, and every men's store has like what are they called long line t-shirts like justin bieber like yeah, fuck don't, that do that. Oh, no, don't, don't do that oh no those are so that for? Yeah. don't do that They're for like weho straight bros <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're for venice venice straight i don't as like well. yeah i don't know okay hey, well so my boyfriend is a clothing he has an actual pathological addiction of clothing sure it's it's all working out i guess yeah and he has found all these stylists who i've just sort of like co-opted as like i'll go, i'm along for the ride and it works yes. out for me and mm-hmm. what where it's at right now are pile sales like they're yeah. like a huge yeah. pile of clothes in they the, bring in, in the a middle. dumpster of clothing wait yeah. are you talking about like marshall's no, no like no. it'll be like these like stylists that are like buyers thrift that, stores like, and they'll have instagram accounts and then mm-hmm. they'll be like i'm having a pile sale on saturday and it'll just be like some 
Like it would be like this room, basically. No racks, no hang hangers. You literally yeah. just rummage through the clothes. And I was oh. there mm-hmm. with like uh like a they, he gave out a Trader Joe's bag and it was thirty dollars per Trader Joe's bag and wow. you could stuff as much stuff. That's and so really I got stuff deal. that I didn't even care about. Yeah. And then I started trying it on. I was like, this looks great on me. Like wow. I mm-hmm. had no confidence in this other than that it was cheap. So okay. I think it's kind of like get a ton of stuff also, and just start playing around. I will with it. say yeah. personally, um, I've really gotten into tailors, even for mm. t-shirts. Oh. oh, I tailor t-shirts all the time now. <laughs> I tailor t-shirts all the time. Really? All the time. All the time. <laughs> what are you guys trying to make them look like? <laughs> <laughs> Brent, Brent only wears crop tops. Only wears crop tops. I only wear crop tops. I want to show just the just the bottom of the nipple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just uh, like uh, my favorite t-shirt in the world is a Cedar Point t-shirt. It's an amusement park in the Midwest, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I, but it's a it's in like an extra large. And so mm. when I bought it, I was like, I can either look like a an absolute buffoon. Right. Or I can bring it to a tailor and they can do everything. Wow. They can do right. everything you need. Do you put it on and let them do it on you with the pin? Yeah. Do you ever get afraid they're going to stick you with the pin? Oh, my I, God. A little bit, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Are you afraid Elliot. of that? I am a little afraid of that, yeah. yeah. So you'd rather, yeah, okay. You'd but rather wait, just you bet, shop but you, off the You rack. do go to tailors now. And, and I go to the tailors, but, but I don't stuff. put it on. I just go like, yeah, just trim it to here. Just like hem it to here. Okay. Uh-huh. No, you, know, you might even magic. get a better fit if you'll put it on. And yeah. I promise you they're I not going to I will say tucking t-shirts in has changed my perspective I about do that, shirts. Yeah, yeah. Complete, like now you they all look them? better. Yeah. It's like the thing your to pants? do. Yeah. No, I get and that. And your cup holders front, and your right? steering wheel, wherever. It's in a very 90s, like yeah. a 90s friend And it suddenly like makes every t-shirt fit better. Correct. Do you it's tuck weird. 360 or just the front? No, 360. Wow. Maybe you're with me. Every I do. Day I life. sometimes oh, just yeah. do the front. I'll just do the <laughs> yeah. front. The front. Like, I've seen the front, which I feels am. kind of 90s, but like, that's right, 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 right. Yeah. That's cute. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think I wear any clothes that I can tuck stuff into. Yeah, you wear a very lot of right kimono. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a kimono. <laughs> very, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to tuck that kimono. Yeah, I don't. Right. I have. Speaking of Alan, why don't we? Why don't you give us give give the two This isn't quite a problem. Just more of a statement. I want to spend more time with Elliot, but. The smell of his putrid um, <laughs> pussy really bothers me. Oh, cool. Me. Right. Put this I, in I, too. I'd like, to, real, I'd like to spend more time with Elliot, but I can't bear the putrid smell of his pussy. Got yeah. it. Yeah. But <laughs> Thanks, Brent. My real problem besides Elliot's pussy is uh, the outdoors. I really hate the outdoors. I hate mm. being outside. I hate the sun. I hate people oh, no. outside. Mm. I hate nature. I hate I'm so interested to have, I've never been able to have this conversation with like yeah, my cousins, I just, but I, I don't want to talk about anything like, with them. It's not so much leaving the apartment that's a problem. I don't mind leaving the apartment. It's literally, I hate spending time. Like you were saying that at a bar, you 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 hung out outside because it was breezy. That, that's you my nightmare. You don't like alfresco dining? No, of course not. Oh no, my because the God. Reason why, <laughs> the only reason why you're sitting outside, especially in Los Angeles, is for, to run into someone because to feel special. Like, yeah. I don't, whoa, 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 I, whoa, 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 I want, whoa. I want okay. inside That's AC, fair. special service, okay. yeah. extra wine. Like, I don't want. <laughs> okay, don't let me ask you this: that, that outside thing. Okay, wait. Can you give me another example? Like, you wouldn't go for a walk. You don't like that. I go for a walk because I know it's good for my heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, you it. walk in the morning. Don't yeah. you feel like it's like saying no to God though? <laughs> Sorry. That's like, what you're wait, can I just? He's into that. Just sounded like you were talking about a grandma. Yeah, Alan goes, yeah, I, I take, I walk for my heart, and you said what? <laughs> you walk in the morning. Yeah, I do. I was like, but oh, you grandma. go in the mall before I, it opens. That's and you so walk. interesting because I think that's the separation <laughs> in people who like the outdoors and people who don't like the outdoors. Don't is that you associate the outdoors with something about God, and I associate mm-hmm. the outdoors with like mm-hmm. sweat 
and moistness and annoying yeah. and like what do you what and, do you like to do i love my couch i love mm-hmm. watching gail king in the morning he okay. reads a lot he's a reader. i read a lot he's a reader. I read a lot this is what my cousins um, would say too <laughs> yeah i read a lot i, wow. I like i like i like you bought it past to disneyland yeah, yeah, yeah. i bought it past to disneyland but mm-hmm. part of disneyland that's the, is, that's the indoors of the outdoors it, is. Right. it really is yeah. yes so i mean i don't know and I, you like it out there outside in disneyland well sometimes you can I, put up with it yeah i can put up with it mm-hmm. um, because there are areas for me to go and places for me to sit that are comfortable and entertaining. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just don't like Let the outdoors. Let me ask you this. Do you want to go? Do you want to like the outdoors? I feel that there potentially is something that I am missing, but I can't get on board with the God thing mm-hmm. and I can't get on board with the health thing. So I don't know what else there is. Mm-hmm. It really is God. I mean, that's the only reason <laughs> yeah. to go outside. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like God. the yeah. most basic fact of existence. Yeah. Like the sky, the sky is, is amazing. When people, I, like... so I went to the Grand Canyon once and people, and I, I, I went cause I wanted to drink with friends, but we, mm. we went and we looked at it and then after like, 15 minutes, I'm done. I, I get that. I'm done. I get that. Well, the Grand well, Canyon's yeah. boring-ish. Yeah, boring yeah. yeah. You know, They're like, boring-ish. Yeah. I just yeah. don't, the, the, yeah. the prolonged enjoyment of something outside is boring. You know, this is something I've complained about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've talked about it a lot in the podcast, but it comes up in my everyday life almost once a day. I live in LA, and I absolutely hate the sun, and I hate <gasps> that the, I feel like I'm in a Xerox machine in this town. And I've actually literally gone on dates with people who are offended, and it changes the dynamic of our date after I tell them that because they're yeah. okay. so offended yeah. that I don't love basking just in actually the on sun. last week's podcast you did complain oh, so. about this <laughs> mm. no. so I do bring it up all the time no, so. I know. I, when I was dating people would get angry at me for saying you know if your idea of a great first date is going on a hike we're not a match no like, I'd love to know your guys answer yeah. to Brent's it problem though about his about the feels... sunshine and he, you you mm-hmm. hate that there's not a lot of trees around yeah those yeah. might be different mm-hmm. that's like a set of H. Allen's problem, yeah. right? Yeah, we yes. can get to we can get to that. We can focus on Allen. I've well, I be I mean, they might be like one in this. I don't know. I've always associated like, and maybe this is a total prejudice, but like saying like not loving nature is just saying no to existence, like mm-hmm. because like. But I the indoor think, is a sorry. is a is an illusion. Like we created indoors, but yeah. like that's that's not reality. We, you know, we did create drywall. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, there's always an entry into nature. Like I feel like I hated nature too, or whatever that means. Like as a teenager, but like you know what I got into that really opened the gate way for me is like flowers i like can't i can't look at one without crying like you can get into you even get, dandelions you get horny about the details yeah. a little detail and then you it opens up this like and then you notice the breeze yeah and then you like like a star one night and then way. suddenly you're I like, like basking in the sun i like dusk a lot uh yeah, yeah. Dusk is, it's a sunny I dusk the only way i could probably like the outdoors is if i had a dog because the dog yeah. would force me yeah, to and like, right, right. dogs yeah, like that's course. what dogs are about is like yeah. life yeah. Not, and my God, dog actually. would be about indoors I'm sure but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah you would get one of those like nerd dogs I would get the lazy one what's a like, nerd want, dog wants yeah. to read with him or whatever yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dogs okay read. all right let's do my problems okay um problems I have had an iPhone for 5 years and I am literally getting worse at typing on that keypad oh I think that they're getting I think that they I, fuck up so that you get a new one. Uh, Definitely. There's a couple letters I swear to God I never get. I, I think it's, I was trying to look at it earlier. I think it's the I. 
I was trying to e- I was trying to message. What is it? I don't but get you, but Charles it's an is, I. He's it's right. The the, the, the I think because the mind's fucking up all the time. Yeah, Apple purposely. I, I, this is the, the the myth, but the idea is that they purposely make the technology. No, I'm su- saying. My, I'm saying I'm so bad, and my brain isn't letting me get better at typing with my thumbs on that oh, tiny keypad. Oh, are you sure that, that that's what you you feel is the issue, I and not the like? Go to the doctor. Yeah, go to maybe the doctor. Should. Also, I mean, I want I don't want to solve your problem because that's mm. their job. Go but outside. The Google swipe keyboard is really great. Yes, I just swipe. Yeah, I just I. I oh, I've never done that before. It's great. Swift key. It's I don't want to learn. Use. I don't yeah. want to learn. I like it. Google. I like Google because yeah. it remembers right. and it gives you stuff. Mine I also too. think I'm getting worse at parallel parking. Hmm. I swear to God, I'm getting worse. It, it's so hmm. frustrating when there's these things you're like, I've you done this a million MRI. times. <laughs> for all these issues. I've done this a million times, and yet I'm like, I've, I've somehow haven't perfected it yet. Yeah. I find that frustrating. Yeah. That's annoying about life. Yeah. Is yeah. there, is there um, a problem that you guys have that maybe we can solve? Interesting. Um, I, I just always have a problem. Like, yeah. I, I, when I, I just went to Esalen, which is this like hippie <gasps> retreat in Big Sur, Esalen. it's incredible. It's so yes. amazing. Oh, yeah. How was that? I loved it. It was too much to talk about. Like, okay, I, the workshop lot. I took was some, could be a full hour. Um, <laughs> but like, I was looking at it, this, this beauty of Big Sur, and I was thinking, and I had the thought, I was like, oh, I wish I could, I wish I could be here for this. And then I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, and I just always have a problem. They'd be there for a you while. You are there. Like, yeah, you were there. I was there, but like, yeah. in my, there. like, but I. But mentally you don't feel like you were? That was just what I heard myself think. And I just am always like keeping myself from fully enjoying any moment in life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? Uh, uh, what is enjoying a moment? Like, what do you have to dance? Like, like what is enjoying a moment to you? Um, I can think of certain times where I felt really like in my flow, but they're not necessarily one in the same as just like any any old moment. You You're know? just are just feeling at completely at ease. Yeah, and mm-hmm. feeling in in not your life, thinking about anything ahead or behind. You're I, just in the moment. Yeah, and just and just being able to allow yourself to experience all of something. I actually have um, a resolution for that problem yeah. that you have. In Big Sur, there's this Big Sur bakery and they serve amazing <laughs> waffles, indoor seating, and it's delightful. And you could have really distracted yourself. I could have gone there. And just ate, right? <laughs> I had the best I almond croissant of my life in Big Sur. <laughs> really? The best almond croissant yeah. in really? wow. my Is there like an almond life. pudding in it? It is just. Was it at the Big Sur Bakery? Yes. Yeah, it's great there. It's incredible. Yeah, I wish I had gone. And the owner's so an like fiercely. She was fierce and like queer and like cool and it's awesome. That's fun. Yeah. I have yeah. road rage. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. Violent you degree. Do. Yeah. I carry around uh, I really a gun. Should not admit that. <laughs> I carry around um, okay, a gun. Well, not a gun, but I have glass marbles, and in no. a moment of. Real really? fury. I will toss a glass marble oh at a car, God. but I'll make sure the timing oh is God, such I that I know. they can't see you should me. Just... Elliot has been followed for miles before, just once by people he's pissed off a so couple much. of times. So you marbled. Yeah, a couple yeah, you of can't times. fuck around. Rightfully so. Pennies is a lot better. Elliot is the definition of a Long Island driver. Mm. He, yeah, he has Sexy. he has the anger yes. that <laughs> that feels that he's correct in his road rage when yeah. in fact. He's not the best driver. <laughs> yeah. That's not true. The problem is that Elliot is not a great driver. I'm a great driver. Which is ultimately what What do you mean a not great driver? I'm a defensive driver. <sighs> That's, That's not, not true being at all. great. Mm. That's not... <laughs> Have you guys ever gotten into an accident with me? 
Uh, no, but I, I literally know you, like, you. No, but you got an accident. Alan's car. Yeah, you got an accident with my car, <laughs> and I paid you right back. Okay, oh, there you go. God. That wasn't an accident. That I scraped the the side of your building. That's not an accident. <laughs> That's yeah. But the then you, oh, wait, you got into another accident with that car, right? No, no, no. Oh, okay, no. And that wasn't an accident. Yeah. I haven't had an accident that's my fault. But in having Los an Angeles. accident doesn't necessarily make you a good driver. Well, it's or not having an accident. Like, well, what road do you guys think I should it? do with my road rage besides pennies? I feel like which I think pennies is the right is the right is, way to go. Well, I, yeah, that helps. Cheaper nuts, even. But I feel <laughs> like um, no nuts are expensive. Almonds yeah. are very road rage, expensive. To, I maybe I haven't ever yeah. thought about it before, but it seems to me like it's like Water passive aggressive. It's like passive <laughs> like you're protected in your car. Yeah, like you know that you're not. I mean, people can shoot you anywhere, but like you feel like you can be you can afford to like do the things that you don't allow yourself to express face to face it's mm. almost being like a troll on the internet it is you're just like screaming mm. your car but i don't like, like God, you're I, a troll i don't like <laughs> unfair i don't like when unfairness happens i don't like injustice, injustice. <laughs> i don't like when people are i mean honestly it's like if there's an, a, an aggressive driver on the road who's like zipping through lanes that bothers me much less than when there's an old Old person who should not be driving their own car, oh, that's and they're ages, just though. slowly. Mm -hmm. And I that well, that, see, I've oh. actually been in the car with you before when well, you've gotten angry at someone, and I've realized that you were getting angry at them for the wrong reason. Yeah, like you ah. misinterpreted I, I, their. I've their also driving. been in the car in that situation as yeah. well. In which like, you'll, think, how to, you'll how so? think that like. Uh, Elliot will be like, this jerk is changing lanes yeah, at the wrong exactly. time. And you're like, no, you didn't see that the jerk was, was changing lanes to avoid hitting a bike or something. There was one time, sure, there sure. Was one time in New York. I swear York. to God, I've seen this multiple times. Okay. I, was, I was driving with you in Brooklyn. I forget what exactly we were doing, but we were driving in Brooklyn, and you were going crazy over <laughs> over someone who literally was just like changing lanes. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like... Yeah, chill out. Is this the person I know? I well, know. Yeah. yeah, there's a real New York road rage yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, My mom will like honk the horn like once a year, in, <laughs> in Michigan, and she, every time she does, it, she's, she's like, "I'm from Long Island." She always says, "I'm from Long Island." Yeah. I still drive like a New Yorker. It really I is a thing. Long like Island once drivers. A year. Yeah. We're real. Uh, yeah. The problem, mm -hmm. downloadable on I'm assuming yeah. all podcasts. The problem with Everywhere. Charles and Casey. The problem with Charles and Casey. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for Thank being you. here. Thank you. Where can people follow you on the internet? Oh, well, my handle is Casey J. Ellison, also known as Casey Jellison. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm G. Charles Rogers. Follow, follow. G. Charles Rogers. Why can't I say my name? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, Thank guys, you. so much. And another thing. All right, so uh, I have sort of an interesting bioethical question Ooh. that I remember from years ago. I had a friend, we actually all know, know this guy. Uh, I had a friend whose dad was a medical ethicist, which I guess apparently, as, as was recounted to me, I guess every hospital will um, uh, train a certain number of, of employees to be ethicists, which is when a difficult question comes in. Mm -hmm. This team of individuals at the hospital deals with how to, how to address this issue. And I thought this one was a really interesting one. So th my friend's father uh, tells a story of working at the hospital, and one day a woman came in, and she was trying to have kids, and she couldn't have children. She kept trying, she kept trying, kept trying, she couldn't have kids. And they did a bunch of tests on her, and they discovered that biologically she was actually a man. And the question was, do you tell this woman that she just can't have kids, unfortunately, and that she will have to adopt? 
or do you tell her that biologically you're a man? That is, your sexual organs you have, are a man. You yeah, have male genitalia. Ma- male genitalia. Yeah, on the inside, not externally. Um, and that is why you can't have kids. Does that mean she had testicles? So I no. obviously don't know the, the no, specific it, ins and outs. Of, it likely but, means that she transitioned, but yet because, you know. No, she didn't because no, she didn't no, know. No, this, this is in the 60s. So this was well before transition. So, you I could, mean, there you are. Could, you could have that surgery in the 60s, though. I understand that. But you. Uh, but this is someone who has the physical appearance of a woman. But, for, I, again, for what I don't know why, but for whatever reason, her inside, her sexual organs on the inside were that of a man. And so that's why she couldn't have kids. I feel like there's certain pieces that I think we need to know, and and one of it is like, was she trans or was she a hermaphrodite? I Pre- presumably hermaphrodite. Yeah. Tr- trans but the, doesn't. But then what's the question that she 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 didn't she, know? She, she so didn't. She, she, so... Did, she was never told that she has. So likely she was a hermaphrodite. She was never told that she had. Correct. You know this this male male genitalia right, DNA in her. Yeah. Essentially, reproductive organs inside. Yeah, and. So the question is, do you tell her? Yeah. yeah. Do, you do you tell, tell her? her that in the 60s, do you tell her that she is biologically a man or do you just tell her that she can't have kids? Well, I mean, okay, well, so that's the other thing. Like, And in the 60s, they would probably use different language, but she is not biologically a man. She <laughs> she I mean, no, but I, mean, I think this is an important distinction. She has um, biological Parts, because I mean, the insides also we share just as many inside biological parts sure. with women as we do with men. Sexual reproductive organs on the inside were were, were yeah. She were, didn't have ovaries, right? And and by not having ovaries, she was not able to carry a child. And so because of that, she probably was not told something right. in her childhood. And doctors probably gave her the appearance of being a woman, which is there are countless cases of this right. where children were born hermaphrodites and parents. Wanting to protect their children, they the doctors said, "Well, it's easier to make them a woman, a girl, because of the surgery was perfected early on in the '40s, or not perfected, but it was done early yeah. on in the '40s, and so ch- babies had this happen to them, and then they grew up thinking that they're a girl with male attributes that right. things were happening, and then this happened a lot. Doctors would have to tell, or parents would have to tell. Would you? Would you? What would right. you do? Just, we're just we're ask, you would she tell has, her. The, the person has to know. You, you have to know. You would like, tell her that? It's, it's unjust for, I mean, it, it's unethical for a doctor not to say that. Mm. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't I, I know. Think, I think it's a difficult question. Why? Did, I mean, because, did, because the What other reason are you going to get for not her not being able to get pregnant? The, the, lots of women can't. She's going to say. Uh, lots of women gonna, can't become pregnant for one reason or another, and you can say, well, but, it's because of reason X. Do we know if our friend's father told her or, or did Yes, he... I, I believe the answer – I can tell you the answer at the end. Okay. The, no. I, I there, there are lots of reasons why women can't get pregnant, sure, but it's unethical for a doctor to put a woman through that by not giving her a full diagnosis of her issue and thus then wasting money and time over the years, her going to different doctors trying to figure out why she can't get pregnant because this one doctor said this, right. this doctor said that. No. It is unethical for a doctor not to diagnose the patient's patient, patient with and one hundred percent honesty and share the diagnosis with the patient. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, hear you. Yeah, I, I, just, think I just don't know if I, I don't know. I think that's this. I think when you put it that way, I I think it's unethical not to tell her. Yeah. I think it's like, it will ch- obviously change her life dramatically, pro- mm-hmm. probably, mm-hmm. but it keeps her from going on a wild. Will it? I don't know. I mean, uh, in, in the sixties, yeah. 
I mean, for anybody, of course. I don't know. She, she, I mean, it depends on gender identity is not necessarily expressed through her sexual organs, and she was forced into this gender. And yes, in the 60s, it would be different. Her her journey would be a lot different than it would be today. But that said, like, if it's in the 60s and she's told that she was born, you know, hermaphrodite or whatever, or she was born male with a botched penis or whatever they did to her, um, then in the 60s, likely she's going to continue living as a woman who is not able to have children. Mm-hmm. But it's probably, I mean, it's still, I just, it's I just, just hard. It, I think it's, I, I, I hear you. I, I think fundamentally I agree. I, I just think you're being flip about how significant that in that information is. Oh, I think it's significant. Is. I definitely think it's significant, but I also think the reality of the 1960s is the gender identity was not necessarily a discussion that was had. And so if a woman is presented a full diagnosis that she was born with predominantly more male, right. you know, inside parts, then her choice is, well, I've lived my life as a woman my entire life. I will live my life as a woman for the rest of my life, and I will just not be able to have children. And I don't think a, a woman or a person, I should say, because who knows what her gender, what her real gender identity was, but a person had necessarily the wherewithal to, to even contemplate the idea of being a male at that point. Right, which is why it's and so heavy. And I think heavy. that's why, I think that's exactly why it's so heavy. It's It's, it's sad. It's Sure. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's what I I personally think. I know that my friend told me his dad did not tell her that she was mm. biologically a man. Um, that just makes me angry. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess for the, at that time, it, I, I see what you're, I agree with you, Alan. I think it's I don't I think it's ethical. I don't think it's ethical to not tell her. I think it's ethical to tell her, even yeah. though it's obviously you know, potentially a life-changing fact. So is cancer. So is a number of diseases that you're going to, that's going to change your life but I forever. Think, but I do think it's, I think it's respectful to do that. And I think in yeah. retrospect or from, within hindsight, I think it, I think the doctor does rob something from her by not giving her a full understanding of her own body versus mm-hmm. trying to spare her the pain. Mm-hmm. And the good point you brought up is like, the sort of wild goose chase emotionally and financially of potentially trying to have kids. How often that happens to women, to our mothers, how often that happens to women in this country today and even back then where male doctors did not give a full diagnosis or even cared to even look into a full diagnosis of a woman's problems because they're women and they're just complaining. And so our mothers live lives, your mother searching for years, trying to figure out what was wrong with her, with her her foot condition Mm -hmm. and the whole thing with my mom and lupus. It's a whole thing. We talked about it with with um with uh oh, someone just recently about chronic oh, Lizzie. Lizzie yes with Lizzie and about the treatment of women in this country by medical professionals it yeah. is horrible and this is just this is obviously a specific wait so you you would you don't know what you would I don't do. I don't know I mean I I think you make a lot of great points uh within the within like the the circumstance like the timing I don't know I don't know what I mean you're very eloquently representing what is a very reasonable point of view, but you're also using terms like gender identity and a certain level of acceptance that I just don't think existed. I'm saying and, it didn't exist, and that's why I think she would have lived as a woman. Yeah, but I, ju- I just think that's a more loaded— I just think it's a lot more loaded to find out in the 60s that you have male, you have some male reproductive organs than it would be talking about it in 2019. Especially, especially if yeah. the doctor— the ethicist didn't even know how to 
frame it because sure. it doesn't sound like right. at that time there was even a way for him to do that. I mean, he he didn't tell her because he couldn't frame it. No, it sounds like. I disagree. There was a way to frame it. There's a way to frame it. Doctors, the, the idea. He of, th- no, he thought there was no way to frame it. Obviously, there's a he's way. He's clearly to... not a very good doctor then. Well, well, well. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's not. If a medical professional can't frame the idea of a child being born a hermaphrodite and then a parent deciding, which is a common practice for children who are hermaphrodites, converting them to one gender or the other, mm-hmm. whatever they were more predominant for. And that is that is something that an ethicist, even a medical eth- doctor eth- ethicist back then, would know how to have that conversation. And true. the fact that they didn't That's is true. malpractice. That is true. Mm. Well, yeah. well, we should go back in time. We should. <laughs> and throw that son of a bitch in jail. Yes. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard in today's podcast? Your problems make you sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, my Aunt Joanne would say, now, wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis a uh, hermaphrodite? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, the only thing I love about the outdoors is sun tea. Sun tea? <laughs> sun tea. Oh, yeah, the like drink. A, you put it in a bottled put pitcher or whatever oh. and you sit out oh, in the sun. Yeah. Oh, warm yeah. tea? Well, that's how you brew it. Oh. You let the oh, sun okay. brew it. Right. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. It's a thing. Yeah, well, fair enough. Thanks for listening. I'm Have Elliot. fun in Missouri. Yeah. I'm Elliot Glazer. <laughs> I am Brent Sullivan. I'm H. Allen Scott. Podcast Network.